Hi, I'm Gianna Volpe, and thank you for listening to The Heart of the East End on 88.3 WLIWFM, the show where we get to the heart of any matter at hand with folks from all walks of life on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. We stream online at WLIW.org radio and welcome your comments, questions, and collaborations of all kinds on the heart of the East End. Live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York on November 18th, 2022, I'm Gianna Volpe on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. Pressure cookers, hair dryers, even big screen TVs. The accessories for modern campers have expanded way past a mess kit and an A-frame tent to accommodate the increased number of RVs on the road and a pandemic-driven rise in camping. Suffolk County is moving to boost the number of campsites with electric hookups, which allow campers to plug motor homes and trailers directly into the grid. I do want to say that there has also, through... Uh, the pandemic been a movement for folks to live, uh, live on the road, as it were. Vera Chinise reports on Newsday.com that those new to camping or living on the road, even those who have slept in the great outdoors for decades, are increasing more apt to want to camp in comfort, officials and campers said. And few can uh, go more than a day without an out or can't go. Few can, oh, got it. And few can go more than a day without an outlet to charge their phones. David Lippmann, uh, president of the Suffolk Committee for Camping and Advocacy Group, said his organization has lobbied the county to expand the number of electric sites for nearly two decades. The Suffolk County Parks Department operates uh, 181 electrified campsites at Smith Point County Park in Shirley, 37 sites at Indian Island County Park in Riverhead, 51 at South Haven County. County Park uh, Campground in Shirley and 10 at Cathedral Pines County Park in Middle Island. The department is embarking on a 5- to 10-year plan to install electric hookups at other county parks. According to officials, South Haven is first on the list with new sites coming in 2023. Electrification is planned for Cedar Point County Park in uh, East Hampton in 2024 with more such improvements slated for Indian Island, Blydenburg County Park in Smithtown, and Sears Bellow County Park in Hampton Bays in future years. Jason Smagan told Newsday, the public's idea of camping has changed. We've also uh, seen an interest in glamping and the emphasis on being comfortable. Beyond that, you also have individuals who want the ability to be able to work while being at the campgrounds. Electric sites at Suffolk Parks cost $4 more per night than non-electric sites to cover the cost of electricity. Opening it up to all of the island, Long Island's tourism industry is poised to have a banner year in 2023 because of the anticipated rebound of business and international travel, which has been in a slump since the coronavirus struck nearly three years ago, officials said. James T. Medore reports on Newsday.com that leisure travel has come roaring back, leading Discover Long Island, the region's tourism promotions agency, to predict Spending by vacationers this year will meet and possibly exceed the pre-pandemic level of $6.3 billion. Hotels, museums, restaurants, stores, and other attractions were hit hard by New York State's month-long shutdown of the economy. Months long, more than one month, many months, which it certainly was. Um, 
shutdown of the economy in 2020 to slow COVID spread. And even after the phased reopening, the travel sector remained depressed as potential tourists were afraid of the surge in new variants of the virus last year. But tri-state tourism is booming back again. Quote, business travel and international travel is going to come back swiftly and much faster than anticipated. That is coming from Kristen Reynolds, Discover Long Island's president and CEO. She said earlier predictions were that business people and overseas travelers wouldn't return to pre-pandemic levels until 2024 or 2025. Brian DeLuca, executive director of the Long Island Aquarium in Riverhead, said our industry was annihilated for a period of time, and I'm proud to say tourism has returned in full force. In other news, the New York State Public Service Commission yesterday approved plans for a vital 25-mile cable that will connect the state's largest new wind energy array to the Long Island electric grid at Holbrook. Mark Harrington reports on Newsday.com that the Sunrise Wind Project which will be central to the state and Long Island's plan to replace aging fossil fuel power plants with zero-carbon offshore wind power is expected to be operational by 2025. Construction will begin early next year, and the cable plan has the backing of state and local officials, including Brookhaven Town Supervisor Ed Romaine. Romaine, in a statement, said he supported the plan by Governor Kathy Hochul's administration and the 800-plus jobs it promises to bring. The PSC still must approve the cable project's environmental management and construction plan before work begins, Hochul's office said. Sunrise Winds turbines will be built off the Massachusetts Rhode Island coast, 30 miles from Montauk Point, and won't be visible from Long Island. The developers have said the cable, which will run 5.2 miles under state waters and emerge at Smith Point in Shirley, Long Island, for a 17 Mile land run up the William Floyd Parkway is a critical part of the project, which the developers say will provide power for about 600,000 homes. More than half LIPA's total customer base is being developed by Denmark-based Orsted and its U.S. partner Eversource with support from Con Ed and the New York Power Authority. Eversource has said it's attempting to sell off its wind wind energy holdings. Two companies are uh, also developing South Fork Wind in East Hampton Town, which is under contract to LIPA. And finally, less than two weeks after Sag Harbor Village issued a building permit that appeared to have ended a long battle between the village and the Schiavone family over the reconstruction of their commercial building at 31 Long Island Avenue, a judge has ordered a halt. Stephen J. Coates reports on 27East.com that New York State Supreme Court Justice William J. Condon uh, last week issued a temporary uh, restraining order, a TRO staying the building permit issued to VACS Enterprises LLC until attorneys representing a group of neighboring part, uh, property owners who include developers Adam Potter and J. Bialski uh, have an opportunity to challenge its validity before the village uh, ZBA on December 20. The judge further gave the village zoning board of appeals until January 31st of 2023 to render a decision on that appeal. This week, the site next to the Sag Harbor post office was quiet. A fence surrounding the property and concrete footings for a new foundation had been poured during the nearly two weeks when the building permit was in place. 
The one-story building, which had several commercial tenants, including a video rental store, fabric shop, pet supply store, and travel agency, was raised as part of the environmental remediation of the neighboring National Grid gas ball property, which was contaminated by coal tar residue from its use in the late 19th and early 20th centuries as a gas manufacturing plant. David Schiavone said it was unfair that with all the development going on around his property that he was being dragged over the coals for his own project. Looking at the weather in South Holt in honor of our uh, first two guests, Amanda Giuliano and um, Betsy Leagy, uh, who are going to be talking about Cass' third annual Festival of Trees this weekend. Looking like a sunny Friday with a high near 49 degrees, west wind 10 to 15 miles per hour tonight. Scattered showers and thunderstorms before midnight, otherwise mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming mostly clear with a low around 33 degrees, west wind 9 to 15 miles per hour. Right now, it's 39 degrees, and we are uh, working on an all-music edition of The Heart with Change as its theme. So if there is a track you love with change in the title... Uh, leave us a voicemail. Give us a call. 631-591-7006. We'll do a little practice run for you right now. We've got Joy, the Revivalist, Little River Band, PJ Harvey, and um, another track by Inda Eaton. I believe we played her yesterday morning as our featured local artist. Uh, we've also got Pete Mancini and G.E. Smith from here on uh, Long Island, but first Jack Johnson here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Joke is on all of us. All these 
Revivalists change from their Take Good Care record of 2018 after Joy change from their sixth album. Same year, leading us to the bottom of the 9 o'clock hour on Friday morning. That means it's a little after midnight if you're listening to the replay. And that means it's time for our Friday morning tea underwritten by Village Overhead Doors. Grateful 
to having uh, to have us in WLIWFM Studio 51, Amanda Giuliano and Betsy Ligi, two of the designers for this weekend's third annual Festival of Trees for CAST, which has name, uh, changed their name to Center for Advocacy, Support and Transformation. Did I get that, Betsy? That's right. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. All right. And so I know Betsy from uh, as as a co-owner of Greenport Harbor Brewing Company. I did not know she's also a a floral designer for True Elizabeth Flowers. You decided to go with magnolias, right, for the wreath? We did. So, you know, it was interesting. Um, I um, I did a wreath with Lauren Conklin, who owns Story (gasps) Petals Floral. Yeah, she's a floral paper. I love the Conklin family. Yes, the whole. I know. They're amazing. Yeah. So she basically. Is she related to Patrice? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Putting it together. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Go it's ahead. her daughter. In, it's Patrice's daughter-in-law. Oh, I love Lord. Yeah. Okay. I'm that Lord yeah. who's married to Jeff. Yes. Yes. Who went to college with my best friend? Really? What? I knew Jeff Conklin before I even came to the East you End. You were kidding. He's such a nice what guy. A yes. You must know their baby. And I do. Well, I actually have not met their baby yet. Oh my God, she's but, adorable. But I, I did want to say, isn't there sort of a tie-in kind of with um, one of Amanda's trees? Amanda Giuliano, yeah. who's from Nicolette's for the home. <laughs> I got all my notes here. Wow, nice. You did a tree, a tree about true crime. Yes. Which, by the way, it's brilliant. By the if, way, if I think I've almost seen all of the true crime on Netflix. If you have uh, suggestions for me out there, I'm I'm open and ready to receive and podcasts. But, but <laughs> Jeff Conklin has a true crime podcast called Creep Town. Yes. he does. Yes, yes. and I listen to it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to check that out. Yeah. I this had no like, idea. This is a very and North, I didn't even pay attention to that this until is a right very, now. <laughs> this is a very North Fork conversation that it we're is, having. It is, 100%. Yeah. All right, so, so we'll, let, we'll go back. Let's let's go back to Magnolias and the, and the wreath, and then we'll talk true crime. <laughs> and then we'll talk seagulls, and then we'll, and then so we'll much talk, to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. All right, so Lauren and I uh, actually did a tree last year together. Um, Gorgeous. I... It was kind of an ombre tree, mm-hmm. so it changed colors from oh, the top wow. to the bottom, and it was made out of dried flowers. And then her um, sculpted paper flowers, and we decided this year that we would do a wreath. And we thought that something with magnolias would be great because we wanted it to be everlasting. And when we did some research, we found, this is crazy, that magnolias are believed to be the earliest known flowering plant dating back 100 million years. So we thought it was this idea of everlasting beauty would be pretty cool. cool. So I created the wreath out of an abundance of magnolia leaves. And then Lauren beautifully created out of paper... um, magnolia flowers and so we attach them to the wreath and How that's beautiful. uh yeah if you if you've never gone to the festival of trees it's it's this saturday and sunday i can't tell you like how worthwhile a visit mm-hmm. just just to go and see even if you can't even if you can't get involved in any way although <clears throat> there are cookies and all sorts of <laughs> ways that, that you yes. are able to to help uh the food and secure is the, is the brewery truck there Oh like yeah, the, so yeah. well t- at Treber Farms, right. yeah. by yeah. the way. Yeah, at at Treber Farms. Yes. So okay. the, the 
There's a VIP event tonight for all of the artists and decorators and supporters and oh. those who have donated. Um, and so uh, the Greenport Harbor Brewery has a fire truck and the fire truck will be there serving beer. Okay. So like, I think this is a nice time to talk about the seagull tree. Okay. Which, by the way, you get not only an original Scott Blue Dorn, if you, yes. if you get that. Yes, you do. You do. You also get, there's another artist. There is. So the other artist is Liz Schaefer of Windflower Design in Southold. And she created these stained glass uh, seagull feathers that are adorned to the that tree. That is awesome. It's beautiful. I'm so happy that someone is celebrating the seagull. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, I know. It gets I'm a bad rap. I'm one of those people, you know, like, all right, I, I mean, get pigeons, pigeons, rat with wings, and and yeah. seagulls, yeah, you know, they, they get pretty aggressive, but still. <laughs> they get aggressive. They, they do. They'll, they'll, they'll snatch speech. the yeah. french fries right out of your yeah. fingers. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, they're also a beautiful creature. They are, and you know what? Earth. The beach wouldn't be the same without the sound yes. of seagulls, right? Or... In Riverhead, when there's a bad storm, they all come in and like nestle into the farm fields. Yeah, that's how. You, that's know, how you know, cool. like, yeah, bad something's going coming. on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, yeah. The tree is gorgeous, and it's just got such a delicate um, look to it, and it just cascades so pretty on the tree. And if no one has, obviously, I don't know if they put the trees up just yet on online, but if and if you ha when you see it, and I don't even know if photos are going to do it justice. Um, you gotta go it's in just, person. It's so, it's so gorgeous. That's so nice, Amanda. I, I will have to give kudos to Ann Vandenberg, who's one of the yes. other owners of the brewery, who conceived it. I love and that you decorated and Ann, it. I love that you and Ann did this together. Well, she, I, I helped with the lights, but she, she did everything else. I mean, just the place she did of such. I know so perfect. She's, she ideal. did. She spent a yeah. lot of time, and and and, um, you know, she actually had people along with herself collecting um, seagull feathers. Which she's like, make sure they know I sterilized every single one <laughs> um, to hang on the tree along with um, other seagull ornaments that she found, as well as these um, stained glass feathers from Liz Schaefer. So it's it's really, really cool. That is beautiful. Yeah. I'll give the website just in case they're up for folks to see now. It's thirdfestoftrees.givesmart.com. If that's too much, you can find a link off of cast northfork.org uh, 25 trees 13 plus reads mm. silent auction saturday and sunday vip event is tonight but that's just for the designers and the, <laughs> the, you know so saturday and sunday yeah. are they still doing like is it going to be uh when you can come whenever you like or are they still doing the timed entrances do you know I think, I think that come whenever you want. Now. I think you can okay. come whenever yeah. you want. You just come. have to buy tickets yeah. for either okay. Saturday or Sunday. Got it. Right. So yeah. you can and either again, buy them online or you can buy them there. But I think it's yeah. probably best to buy them online. I think online's yeah. the best. Yeah. Castnorthfork.org. All right. So we're going to turn our attention to Amanda Giuliano. You did two trees. Yeah. All right. First of all, Hammered for the Holidays. <laughs> They're so adorable. It's so funny. You did decorated with, with your sister, Joanne. Yes. Yeah. Tell us yeah. about this tree. So um, I was trying to come up with a concept for the shop that would obviously be, because we're we're a home decor. We, so we have two locations. One's in Massapequa. I have to come visit you. Yeah. And you're also in, in Southold. South Hold. Yep. So it's, it's such a nice Nicolette's store. For, for the home. Is this up on the North Road? Um, it's right Where on Main it? Road, Main actually. Road. Right next Where to Southold. Right as you Southern come into Southold. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's right in the village. 
and if it's just uh, it's it orients me like where where um, so in your Bank of America is yes I do so if you're standing and your back's facing Bank of America yes. just look slightly to the left of Michelangelo's mm-hmm. and we're a Dutch colonial with French windows and doors and oh, it's like then it's like, the salon and then it's like town hall a budding um, feather help yes mm-hmm. I yep. do know what yeah okay you know what's so cool are. about that space is you walk in and there's all these different rooms yes. and you've decorated each one yeah. differently and there's just so much to look at. There's you could like spend hours in there. So yeah. you have like a different like mood, like yeah. a vibe for every type yeah, of Yeah, usually person. I do. Mm-hmm. I usually do color theory per room. So oh, like cool. I'll do like, you know, a main color and then a secondary and then all the decor and furniture pieces mm-hmm. and then right now we're kind of like it's Christmas through up. But um, kitchen, <laughs> kitchen, kitchen and bath design studio, right? Yes, and we all are also a kitchen and bath design studio. Okay. So we specialize in interior design, but we're dealers. Mm-hmm. So we actually sell cabinetry, countertops, hardware, lighting. So it's just not your typical like warehousey environment. So you don't come in and see 10,000 displays like our main kitchen, which is the kitchen of the house because it's a Dutch colonial, mm-hmm. is our custom line. And there's, believe it or not, three different store- door styles, three different colors. Mm-hmm. I have three different countertops even, but I've done it in such a way that most people don't see it as different they just see it as cohesive so then all of our other rooms do have different cabinetry lines and displays but it's like intertwined within the look of the room Mm -hmm. and then upstairs is our offices which is the old bedrooms and storage (laughs) your face right now is priceless anytime i'm interested i know that's one thing if i could change about myself is when i'm really interested i enjoy my mouth drops i love it i love it and it's not the no, I love it. I don't know what I look like when I make this face. <laughs> like, you're I can't intrigued, imagine it's great. And yeah. I appreciate it. I yeah. am. I really do. I'm like interested so, in everything. Yeah. So we, um, so most of our clients come in and then they want to hire us for, let's say their kitchen remodel and like they're right. going to purchase cabinets through us or cabinets or what have you. And then they'll end up saying, okay, we want you to also source all of our lighting and they'll right. hire us for the design services I part. think that that's great. Yeah. I think that it's cool that you're a comprehensive service. Yep. Yep. And <laughs> I've know? been in the industry for such a long time. So can you tell us a little bit about your background? Um, I mean, it's a long story. <laughs> no. Do you want to go? I mean, I started in aviation and then. Oh, yeah. doing what? So I started flying when I was 16. Um, you, have, you got the bug. Yeah. And, How uh, did it happen? Well, I went to Longwood High School. Okay. So Longwood offered a BOCES program. And if anyone doesn't know what, what a BOCES fascinating is, person. yeah, BOCES is like a tech program mm-hmm. that's offered in your high schools. Well, I think actually every high school in Long Island does it and in Nassau. So, um, uh, I went for the aviation program, the pilot program. So it was a two-year program, and um, so my God, junior and senior cool year. Person. And then I also joined Civil Air Patrol back in the day as well. What um, did you do? Did you look search and rescue? Yep, I actually what? did search cool. and rescue. So and Civil Air Patrol. Um, so we did um, um, simulated SARS uh, as well. So like. For example, when Flight 100 went down, yes. like Civil Air Patrol was utilized to help Stop. map out the debris fields. Wow. Yeah. So, like, our squadron I'm was so at impressed. the National I know. Guard. I have, I have, well, I have like a thousand. Really? Oh said fi- Flight 8, 800 and, like, you know, 17,000 questions popped up. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we'll, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll glide past that. You have, that. like, 10 books on you. Pardon I'm my, yeah, sure. yeah. And um, so then I went to uh, college for. Um, uh, aviation and at the University of North Dakota because some kids came back and sold us like eight of us. I'm going to North Dakota, so that's a very different. I mean, wow. For, from someone as someone who grew up on the East Coast and yep. moved to the middle of the country. Yeah, I mean, you say it's not the middle of the country, North Dakota. It, North Dakota but, is like like I mean, it's by Canada. Yes. I mean, yes. it's like. 
But but outside, it's it's funny because it was any, a culture any shock. place outside of the tri-state area to folks within the tri-state area is in the middle of the country. Yeah, flyover, flyover <laughs> yeah. country. And yeah. I don't, did you have the experience when you would come home and no one would get the state right? They would say like every other state other than North Dakota. Um, that and or also, South Dakota. Yeah, uh, South Dakota a lot, and then um, but a lot of people had Grand because I was in Grand Forks, so everyone's like they kept saying, "Oh, Fargo, Fargo," because of the movie Fargo, and I was like, "Well, no, it's like an hour away, but I'm closer to Canada, and it's eighteen a drink." So like that was like what my old like claim to fame of being in North Dakota was but um so I went to school for three years at the University of North Dakota and I thought for sure it was going to be what I wanted but unfortunately when I was in fight school in high school September 11th happened uh three oh, days after I started oh, so it really changed the format because I wanted to go yes. in the military so um but uh so long story short um I lived in the Midwest for a little bit found myself um I also painted for a painter in high school and in college, um, a residential and commercial home paint, like, you know, house painter. So and that's where it happened. That's where, like, so the switch I think I've always started. had it. Uh, yeah. And then I worked for Thomasville. It, like, what it, it uh, activated yes. something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've always been creative. So that's always I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. Right. I've done theater since I could remember. Um, I did Broadway when I was really young. She's I, a multi potentialite. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember someone saying that. <laughs> I, Literally to me. never heard that phrase. Isn't that it? But and then you, you, someone says it to you, and you're like, "That is what I." Yeah, because people always ask me, they're like, "How do you like?" Because of the different levels of experience of just like things that I know, and it's like because I've literally had every single That's job. That's why I'm not surprised that you have two different trees. Yeah, that are <laughs> exactly. Both very right. different from very one different. another. You've yeah. got you've got one uh, about true crime with Carlos Saladino yes. of Mirador yes. Real Estate. Yep, and then you've got. Hammered for the holidays. Home renovation. Which, w- home renovation, which is it true that this tree is actually worth $8,000? Yeah. yeah. So we have, so um, the tree itself is is approximately like 800 and change, um, which the st- ornaments that are on it, because it's mostly like kids' toys, to be honest. <laughs> like the bricks are not real bricks, obviously. But um, the um, gifts themselves, just because we are obviously in this industry, mm and we are doing so many projects, all of our lovely vendors were very generous mm-hmm. with their gifts. Um, and we are great partners to them as well. So um, we've got things from house painters to free gallons, like five gallons of paint from ABOFs, which is Benjamin Moore. Um, we've got Appliance World um, is giving $500 gift certificate for um, appliances for $4,999 or more. But, like, it's applicable towards, like, if there's a what, promo. What a beautiful, like, uh, if you're a Christmas gift to yeah. someone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we're you doing um, 10 hours of free design service, which is eighteen uh, fifty for, um, like, design services itself. Like, that's the actual value. Plus, I'm doing uh, $1,000 off a purchase of $10,000 or more for cabinets. Um, it's inclusive of so if there's a promo running, I'm still gonna give thousand dollars off. And we should probably we should probably switch the conversation because now I'm thinking back to our you know FCC limitations. I don't know if we're oh. supposed to talk about money so oh. much. It is a nonprofit. It is a nonprofit. So I think it does change the rules a little bit, but we'll we'll talk about something. That's else. fine. <laughs> don't worry. So, so so true crime. So how did that tree? Crime. How did that tree happen? So, I love this. So Carla, so Carla approached me. Um, she's actually a client of mine, um, and she approached me about doing her tree this year. She did it last year, 
Um, but she wanted to, I believe she was a sponsor last year, but she wanted to actually like do get the, involved. Uh, right. Yeah, get do her own tree this year. So um I said, sure, I'd love to. Like trees are actually very easy for me because we do them in the shop all the time. So I wasn't worried about doing two trees um in one day. So um uh we were brainstorming on ideas and I said, Hey, listen, like, would you be up for a true crime tree? And she was like, That's a great idea. So I love it. We did this like I came up with this theme on, on Amazon. You can make shopping lists. I don't know if you know this, but it's like one of the best assets you can ever have with a, someone that you're like partnering for something. So you can both do it together. Yeah. So I created a shopping list, sent her the shopping list of all the items. And my brain just went into like creative overdrive, which is what happens to me for whatever reason. But um, so I just started thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put evidence markers on the tree. <laughs> so I was like, how am I going to put them on the tree? So I went and found like these like tabs, these plastic tabs that, you know, people put chips on, like put them on the Betsy's thing. Betsy's got my face. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I just, I just have to, because it is such an incredible tree. Yeah. The tree chopper is magnifying I glasses. See, I didn't get it to is, see it yet. It's spy glasses. And yeah. you know what? I just have to make sure that when people come to the farm for for Festival of Trees, that everyone doesn't just look at these trees from far away. I hope so, But they yeah. really spend time looking at each and every tree and all the different pieces to it because I spent so much time just looking, looking at, at the tree. tree. And there's even, like, um, the ornament of um, Keith yeah. from Dateline. Yes. And it says, I, I love Keith on it. It's just, there's just so much. And it's, but with every tree is like that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's true. And yeah. The, yeah, there's 25 of them. Yes. So, you know, uh, talk about a, a nice, you know, afternoon thing to do with the fam. You know, if you have munchkins, keep them close. Don't, don't, uh, we don't want any trees going over, but 25 yeah. trees cast northfork.org, uh, third fest of trees.givesmart.com. I would say just go to cast northfork. <laughs> Dot org and find your way over uh, to the website. It's at Schreiber Farms, right on Main Road there, mm -hmm. uh, open to the public this Saturday and Sunday. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Betsy Ligi and Amanda Giuliano. This is a Little River Band, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you just heard the Friday Morning Tea, underwritten by Village Overhead Doors on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. missing it's the time that I spend alone sailing on the cool and bright clear water there's lots of those friendly people they're showing me ways to go but I never want to lose their inspiration
Isn't that a beautiful track? PJ Harvey's Change in C and our very own Inda Eaton. Things change while we're talking about Vegas here in the studio. This is Things Change from the Go West record of 2012. Five minutes away from the NPR news break. At the top of the hour in the next local news update, you're listening to WLIWFM, NPR Radio, the Long Island's only local NPR radio station, 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk County, of course, streaming online to wherever you are at WLIW.org. You're listening to the weekday morning and midnight show, The Heart of the East End, featuring music from all decades and genres and interviews with folks from all walks of life. 
We've got a little Dr. John to lead you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour. Change of heart uh, from his tribal record of 2010 will lead you out of the NPR news break and in the after the local news update with Helen Wolf. Change my way. See ya. Courage to change. And then our next um, local artist, Pete Mancini. Uh, followed by another local artist, G.E. Smith and Leroy Bell. Change is coming now from their Stony Hill record. If you have a change track that you love and you want to share it with us for our upcoming all-music change edition of The Heart, give us a call. Leave us a voicemail, 631-591-7006. Again, that's 631-591-7006, the change edition of The Heart, right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
With Long Island local news on November 18th, 2022, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. Outgoing GOP Representative Lee Zeldin, the Republican from Shirley, is eyeing a run for chair of the Republican National Committee following his close race against Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul. Quote, I am very seriously considering your request and I'm grateful for your messages, Zeldin told committee members in a letter sent yesterday afternoon in response to calls for him to challenge incumbent RNC chair Ronna McDaniel. Some Republicans are calling for fresh leadership after Democrats held on to a majority in the U.S. Senate while only narrowly losing control of the House thanks to 11 GOP wins in New York, where Zeldin led the ticket. Zach Williams and Carl Campanile report in the New York Post that Zeldin 42 has credited his campaign's hard work and persistence for running as close as he did against Hochul in a state where registered Democrats outnumber Republicans by roughly two to one. The incumbent governor also built a record war chest, which Zeldin allies matched by mobilizing outside spending with the help of conservative mega donors like cosmetics heir Ronald Lauder. Quote, we churned out our base and doubled down on Election Day, receiving the most votes of any GOP statewide candidate in New York in 52 years, Zeldin wrote in the letter, which was first reported by Politico. By the end of the night on Election Day, my home county of Suffolk cast the most votes in the race for governor, outpacing every county in the state, including those in New York City, he added. In other um, political news, as New York State Democrats sought to spread blame for their dismal performance in the midterm elections, a fair share was directed towards someone who wasn't even running, Mayor Eric Adams of New York City. Emma G. Fitzsimmons and Jeffrey C. Mays report in The New York Times that one Democratic strategist wrote on Twitter that Mr. Adams had betrayed his party by elevating the Republicans' crime panic narrative. The Working Family Party's uh, Working Families Party accused him of fear-mongering tactics that may have swung suburbanites to vote Republican. And when Mr. Adams suggested that the state's revised bail law was the reason for the Democrats' poor performance, Representative Ale- Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez offered a curt reply: "Nope." Mr. Adams, a former police officer, couldn't care less. He sees the election results in New York as validation of his message and an opportunity to proselytize uh, to national Democrats that they should embrace his brand of moderate politics rather than critique it. He suggested that Democrats should treat the midterms as a teachable moment, a recognition that they mistakenly allowed Republicans to seize the narrative over public safety and crime. As quoted in the New York Times, Mayor Adams said, we're strong on crime. We voted for sensible gun laws. We voted to fund police officers, which the president has done. And yet we've allowed others to state that we're just the opposite. And quote, in his first year as mayor, Mr. Adams has certainly tried to control the narrative on crime in the city. He constantly talks about public safety, visiting crime scenes, and repeatedly pushing state lawmakers at news conferences to change bail laws to make it easier to help people uh, help keep people in jail. The heightened fear over crime in New York City is a bit of a chicken and egg conundrum. Are people more worried because Mayor Adams calls attention to nearly every high-profile crime and focuses on offenders returning to the street? Or are New Yorkers generally genuinely more scared based on their experiences, and the mayor is responding to that. Polls consistently showed that crime was a major issue in New York during the midterms. Roughly 42 percent of Republicans and 31 percent of independent voters listed it as their top issue 
much higher than inflation and protecting democracy, according to a Quinnipiac University poll. And finally, Long Islanders are being asked to kickstart the holiday food donation season by giving turkeys and other Thanksgiving meal essentials to local charities such as Island Harvest Food Bank, a nonprofit and the largest hunger relief organization on Long Island, helping residents battle food insecurity. With inflation higher than it's been in 40 years, easing to 7.7% in October year-over-year, down from 8.2% in September. Island Harvest found the average cost of a Thanksgiving dinner for 10 is nearly 13% costlier than last year. Island Harvest President and CDO Randy Shubin-Dresner said donations are always appreciated, but especially this year as Long Islanders battle inflation and feel the financial pinch when they visit the grocery store. Before the COVID pandemic hit, Highland Harvest distributed about 9.5 million pounds of food across Nassau and Suffolk counties. That ballooned to 15 million pounds in 2020 and 18 million in 2021. By the end of 2022, Shubin Dresner projects the nonprofit will distribute more than 15 million pounds of food to hungry Long Islanders through 400 food pantries. Quote, we find ourselves back in the middle of another kind of disaster. Uh, costs are up dramatically. It's been very hard for people who are really already living close to the edge. Many people are telling us that parents are skipping one or two meals a day to make sure their kids have enough to eat. You may donate to the Island Harvest Food Bank online at islandharvest.org. They have sites in Uniondale, Melville, Brentwood, and Calverton. Looking at the weather in uh, Riverhead in honor of our next guest, Franklin Purell, looking like a sunny Friday with a high near 48 degrees. West wind around 16 miles per hour tonight. Scattered rain and snow showers before midnight. Some thunder also possible. Mostly cloudy, then gradually clearing toward daybreak with a low around 29 degrees. West wind 7 to 13 miles per hour. Yes, I said the S word. It's looking like possible snow showers before midnight tonight. Right now, it's 41 degrees, getting back to the tunes from all decades and genres. We've got uh, Sia on deck, uh, Pete Mancini, G.E. Smith and Leroy Bell, uh, Sam Cooke and Aretha Franklin after that. But first, it's Howlin' Wolf right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. I'm glad it changed my way of living. <laughs> this life I'm living ain't no good. It shaped my will in this life I'm living ain't no good I leave home in the morning Don't come back till I break a dawn That is true. 
to leave you better I want my life to matter I am afraid I have no purpose here I watch the news on TV abandon myself daily I am afraid to let you see You're not alone in my 
You know, you are never alone when you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, and together we can do anything. I'm Gianna Volpe, uh, and I am grateful to have in the WLIWFM studio 51 Franklin Hill Perel, uh, a wonderful person and a dear friend uh, who is joining us for the Hot Sounds segment, underwritten by Sag Harbor Cinema. Hot sights and sounds, really. Uh, we are. Heading into the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour on Friday morning. That means it's a little after one if you're listening to the replay. And Franklin, I am so grateful to have you in the studio with us. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be here. It's nice. I mean, this is uh, the last time. Did you come to the old studio? I can't remember. I, I have to say, LIW has come up in the world. Hey, you know what? It's it's a beautiful 
It's a beautiful thing, especially because of what it's about, and that is about the community in which we live, uh, the fantastic people uh, whom we live around, and the fantastic organizations like East End Arts. Uh, so what are we talking about? Do well, we have a new uh, exhibition? I think what you just said was great because the fantastic people that we live around, and uh, I think that's what the East End Arts exhibition is all about. And when we were dreaming up a topic for the present year's juried art exhibition, uh, the idea of something that would embrace all different vantage points uh, was, uh, was a goal. And I think that the question was, this particular region, our area, our Peconic Republic is, oh, I love that. <laughs> is a place that has been attracting fabulous people since it started. Right. And artists in particular. Right. Since, you know, since the Native Americans settled here and Amen. then the Brit fishermen came here, uh, fleeing persecution in England and various waves of artists and poets and farmers and all sorts of people came to uh, the attraction of this area because it has incredible scenic beauty. Yes. It has uh, rich natural resources. Crops grow here very easily, and there's and plenty of aquatic life to gorgeous harvest. Gorgeous light. Gorgeous light. Uh, de Kooning, for example, mm. here found a light out in Laos Point in springs that was comparable to what he had seen on the expansive uh, areas of floodplains of Holland. I didn't know that. Oh, that I was that. that was really a key. Long Island light out here. No mountains. <sighs> Uh, forests are very, very limited, if if at all. We have scrub pine and oak, right? But uh, we and we have a we also have uh, an amazing climate that attracts a certain type of horticultural products here. For example, lavender grows here. Russian well, yes, sage. Yes, it does. Uh, grapes. We have our own grapes, of course. You know, North Fork and even South. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. More sunlight than anywhere else in New York State is right here. More annual light. Yeah, they, I remember it was they. They called Kachog the sunniest po like place, but then uh, it was also debunked. But it <laughs> it is. It's, it's sunny pretty close. out here. It's pretty close. It's a beautiful sunny day today. <laughs> you know, if you want more typical. sun, you might have to go to California. But that's all right. You know, I I, I like that we have seasons though. I'm, exactly. a, I'm a person who, who really appreciates. Although I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of snow, so I'm. You never know. I might move to a, a place of no weather one day. But all right, back to art. Back to how, art. And how and many also, pieces? You know, okay, so how many pieces are in the show? We're talking about how wonderful this place is. So that accrues to the topic of the show, and the idea was, what does the East End mean to me? Now, as an artist, what does the East End mean to me? Note about that. Being on the East End might simply mean it's a place where I can be myself and have my own... That is certainly true. Uh, it, it doesn't dictate that the artist has to, in some specific way, uh, respond to some uh, some definable particular about this like environment. Like it doesn't need to be in in, in a location based. So was was that a um, the access point of the show? I, I think that, that was the prompt. I think that, I think that the idea was on a superficial level. 
and I think it would have application. Uh, the notion that this area has provoked a certain type of subject matter, uh, that works when art is representational of a type. And so we have. A lot of that is in the show. But what about the spiritual quality of being here? What about the, 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 the level of peace, the level of tranquility uh, that is notable? Of course, we, have our, we are, in a way, a resort. And what is a resort in that a weekend can be busy? Pumpkin season on the North Fork is busy. East and west traffic on the South Short. South Shore, South Side, uh, doesn't warrant comment. I think it would be so great. Do you have? I I would love to see just putting, just planting seeds here. uh, Someone to do some uh, piece that touches on the trade parade. Uh, Well, I think it's (laughs) enough to experience. As I say, it's like going home and talking about work. It's yeah. enough. You've done it. Yeah, do we have to talk about it? Do we have to make so a piece? So it's 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 a it's a fact of life. Every place has has its uh, idiosyncrasies. But I think the notion about the exhibition at East End Arts, which uh, is it I, open up now? It's yeah, open 50. now, and I think it will be on through the month of December, maybe into January, a little bit. Fifty reasons why your take uh, on the East End. Yeah, fifty reasons, and the fifty reasons portray the fact that there are now, as it turns out, over fifty artists in the show wow. you know I, when I was doing the jury selection with with Debbie we had uh, about uh, we had 200 and some odd submissions well over 200 best, best I could tell so when I got down to about 110 I it thought, must have I been thought, a tough process I thought that was great I said we have a, we have a wonderful show here uh, 110 I, I didn't know how many pieces but this is what should be the show about 110 pieces so then I was told there are two big galleries but they're not going to hold that much can you? T- we meant meant for fifty pieces. Wow. Oh, fifty pieces. That means I have to eliminate sixty. Wow. Hmm. That's a challenge. So uh, there, there was a there was a there was another winnowing process, and we tried to figure. Oh well, a given artist here. Gee, this one is very good, but they look a little similar. This, this could be the same artist. Maybe we should take one one wow. of three or whatever. Pick right. You know, try not to have. Uh, you know, to have some variety. Yeah, have in, some variety. Right. Okay. But as it turns out, when I was uh, over there a couple of times for the opening and another event recently, uh, it looked like a curated museum show. It didn't look like a juried show. It looked like a show where a curator uh, picked a, a wonderful array of work that has a lot of texture to it. A couple of things about the show that are really notable. There are some... There are works that defy normal categorization. So, cool. for example, there's uh, there's a wonderful video installation. Oh wow! So, so oh, there are a couple of them actually, and one of them, you know, I have to say, it comes to mind because it when you go into you know there are two gallery spaces. East End Arts has a Victorian building. Oh, I see both of the McSwains are yeah. in it. The uh, the Victorian building is the gallery that generally has the smaller work just because the nature of the, the space. Right. And then the gallery up the street, I call it Peconic Crossing. That's not the name, name of it now, that space, but it used to be called that. And there's a, a more contemporary space that's on the first floor of uh, a development building of a residential. I, uh, feel, I, I feel as though I have yet to... To visit that larger that space. space. is like a Chelsea gallery. Okay. And so... As it turns out, 
we found out after the fact, we had not put a strict size limit on the pieces. So we had a few truly humongous works of art. Wild Banks? Was that one of them? Yeah, Wild Banks was one of them. It's called Emergence. And that's, you know, you may, it looks like the rocking rocking of the sea. Yes, that that sounds like Which is typical of him. Yes. And then the other piece that's in there is Marta Baumiller's. And that's the one I wanted to talk about. Because it's called Pollination. And Pollination, Pollination, Many Nation. I see what Also Pollination of Insects. So, you know, that's another feature. We have bees, we have honey, we have lavender. They you know, so apparently, it looks like what she did is photograph the insects as they're as they're doing um, their thing. They're doing yeah. what they're doing of pollen and all of that, but it's abstracted into amazing colors. And you know, it makes you think of uh, color field painting. It makes you think of abstract expressionism. And when you walk into the room, it's projected on Franklin, uh, a screen of a type. I'm like, I am so excited to see oh, the it's show. It's really now. quite, really quite amazing. You had and, the opening, <clears throat> by the way. Right. How was that? The opening was great, and there were works there that are um, that are either poetry or text. Ooh. One is one is by the no- notable Eli Stoneman, uh, and uh, that's a great piece, narrative. And then there's another one that has a wick, a wind, windmill suggesting all the windmills down here, and a poem to go with it. And there's another poem about. Um, about uh, a family that they sort of traveled around and they where found there, their home here. Where the will there be a reading? You know, it, it, uh, you know. As I say, it's it's more of a narrational thing. Yeah. You just go and you experience it on the wall like a text. Got it. So there's a couple of those, and then uh, the amazing Frankie Neptune. We love has, Frankie. I saw. Uh, has a <laughs> he's got a has video. A, has a video, yes. and they're so sophisticated the way he does them. And there's he has a video where he talks about development out here one day i'll be in a frankie you know and and yeah that's what everyone's goal and then there's another artist who did a video and i apologize can't think of his name did an amazing video and there are only two two of these that are of that character so he he knows who he is very cool and that one is in the first gallery is in the victorian house in the main east end arts space and that one covers uh the nature you know, it covers you visit out visit Orient Point or you visit a nature preserve like Laurel Lake. It isn't Laurel Lake; it's another one, but something like that on the North Fork. Where right. so when you walk through and you're experiencing the birds, the plant life, and all of that, and that's terrific. And then I noticed uh, there are some some painters who are doing things that are very germane to the uh, to the area. Um, one of them that really caught my eye, eye was a, a beach still life by uh, by Ellen Hutchinson. It's a super realist imagery of a still life, but it's got a beach scene behind it. Then Adam Strauss has his sort of split scene diptych charcoal called East Marion, where he's found these monumental rocks, and so they generate uh, a big abstraction. Uh, then uh, one a long-term favorite, Mimi Saltzman, has a piece where she has col- montaged or collaged, rather better, uh, a, a dress in the silhouette of a figure. It's called Fallen Woman. And uh, then uh, the um, the there was one I loved, very very forthright painting of fishing lures, and it's called oh, Montauk cool. Lures by a Clay Voorhees. You know, because you always see the buoys, but you you don't see the lures as often. And they're, they're, 
What's cool about the lures is they're so varied. And they're beautiful. Yeah. And the way this artist has done them, they're brilliantly colored. Oh, I'm excited. Wonderful uh, texture. Then there's one that's a sort of a surrealist painting of this wonderful uh, female face with a very beautiful hairdo. And uh, she's holding a bird, you know, almost like a rescued bird. And it's by an artist named Renee Brown, and it's called Solitary. And, you know, of course, we, you know, everybody, we went through the shutdown and the pandemic and all that. Yeah. So Solitary could mean something like that, or it could mean the bird by, by, her, by him or herself, or it could mean the figure. But it's just beautiful. And uh, as you go through all of these pieces, uh, you know, as uh, in a short interview, you can't get, uh, can't become, as Wendy Weiss said, too granular. I'm right. not going to talk about each and every piece. But when you go in there, you get a tremendous variety. Some hi, are hi seascapes. Hi, by the way. Uh, <laughs> some are seascapes. Some are um, some are landscapes, which would would you would think you would have out here, right? Um, but and, then you have something like solitary, and something which like is, solitary, which, which really evokes. Some real introspection and some thought about what what the story might be. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. And then you have people who are abstract, like Scott McIntyre and um, Reiner Gross, who oh, do the, do their thing. Yes, they do. You know, their so thing. it's a mixture of of artists who are big name artists, uh, artists that I was less familiar with. But I loved them because I saw the image for the first time. I never saw the art. I, I don't know don't know the artist, but that's the nature of a jury show. You're yes. dealing with all of these things. And very nice about this show, it's more like a biennale or a biennial because the big-name artists participated. Yes, I Which love is it. one of the nice things about yeah. East End Arts. And they're not, they don't overwhelm it. Maybe there are eight of them and there are like 50 of everybody else. But the 50 of everybody else are just as good. I mean, yes. they're absolutely fabulous. I see and the whole thing, it's Waldrop like it's, it's an eye opener for me because to see the level of talent, I always talk about it as if I'm promoting the neighborhood and saying, this is the place where the great artists are all attracted it to. It is. But it. <laughs> uh, but it's true. Yes. So when it you is. go to East End Arts, you will be shocked at the quality. Every work that you pass, there isn't a thing in there isn't a dud in the show. Oh, there's one of them I have to mention because if I can, if I if I can. Oh, the name is I believe Conzi Handles. Oh, forgive me if Let's I'm see. butchering Con this Con name. Con Conzi Handelsman, Handelsman, I believe. Bennett. It. Yeah, that's it. Is that it? Forgive me. Artist, forgive We're, me. Yes. The title is Pollock and Krasner, and I call it Jackson Jackson and Lee. Does she do both Jackson like, and Lee's styles? They're, they're puppets. Oh! They're puppet figures. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, at least to me, they're marionettes, puppets, oh, uh, sculptural yes. effigies. Yes. Wow. I love that Red that Grooms type uh, you know, idea, cool. whether they're plaster of Paris or some other material. But they are hysterical. And you walk into that third gallery in um, like East End Judy. Arts. It's like a Punch and Judy show. And who could be more emblematic of the area right. than Jackson and Lee? Then, yes, than that uh, you know, absolutely epic artistic couple. Right. We, we had just had a couple of weeks ago, you know, East End Arts has this amazing ongoing programming. We had Helen Harrison doing a panel together with Reiner Gross. You I, know, heard, talking. I remember Reiner mentioning that. Yeah. And we, we made sure to put it when I when I posted uh, Reiner coming into the studio, I made sure. How was that talk? 
It must oh, have been fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. And, uh, you know, it brought brought us all back in time to the era of Larry Rivers and, uh, you know, and Hamptons, at least in the 80s, if not the late 70s. So it was just terrific. And, of course, Helen does an amazing job there with the, with the Paula Krasner house, which is... Were you, you know. so was it in the smaller gallery? Where did you no, do the talk? No, we used it, we used it in the, we did it in the big gallery, which that tends to be oftentimes, at least in recent time, place where the uh, gatherings where happen. The, we gather. Because there isn't, a, there isn't really a space where you can have too much, uh, too many people in one spot, especially in recent years in the right. smaller gallery, though I love that one. All right, look, I'm going to make a pitch for something related. <laughs> I first got involved with East End Arts because of the exhibition Detours, the annual yes, exhibition Detours. Yes, I was going to say, I was. I almost, there's many times where I almost uh, brought up uh, the new Glenn Hansen show, that was which what we'll I was, probably, oh, well, You'll do. do something about that, but I just want to mention it because it is a segue, please because do. some of the artists in this are in that, and uh, that uh, is at right. the Glenn Hansen studio in, yeah, which, which, in South Hold. It's what's called going on Scape. Now? It's called Scape. And it's similar, it, right? It has some overlapping artists, and it has the idea but it, of but the landscape. Of the landscape, but of this area, right? Of this, I, I think, I believe it's of or this area. Or is it just landscapes? Uh, anyway. It's landscape in general, but but there's obviously, every, most everybody in it seems to live around here. I always think of Adam's piece of the McDonald's sign on the, the desolate stretch of highway. Or there, I, think there's, I think there's forest, but you see it like in the distance. Right. Yes. I think that's a great uh, That's a scape. great one. And you know who used McDonald's uh, mo- motif at one point was Reiner. Did the did, uh, did the arcs, I had, the golden I arcs, he created an abstraction out of it. At least that's what it looked like to me. But in any event, getting back to East End Arts, which is the main topic here, yes. is you've got to get yourself down there yeah, and see now, that show. Now, you have time because it, it is running through the 17th of December. But, you know, uh, so you have about a month. There's also going to be an awards ceremony on Friday, the 9th of December. If you go to eastendarts.org, you can click um, and and you look up. uh, I think you have to look up. Oh, yeah. If you look under the gallery tab, the first thing you'll see is 2022 opened open juried exhibition 50 reasons why if you click that there will be a button for you to rsvp to attend the awards ceremony i imagine this is going to be a fantastic thing are you still i still it still it still hasn't been it still hasn't been a hundred hundred percent decided and you know there's a little bit of um you know perceiving where the buzz is you know from going there and going to the show and seeing what people are responding to. Got it. Uh, oh, you know, I, I think that that... And I that, love that. It's an eye-opener. I love that you think about other people as well. That you're I, not, I, I've never... You know, they're what, part in, of the process. In my career in Nassau, when I was the curator there and all that, I was, ne- I was a great believer in collaboration. I think the key to anybody who gets anything done in this world is to bring... Uh, to to be To be very um, solicitous of input from other people. Yeah, before you even said what you were going to say, I knew where you were going, and I and yes. And the other thing is uh, unrelated to that is you can accomplish anything in this world if you don't mind who gets the credit. That is anything. true. Oh, by the way, I did want to say, although I did have the tracks on the playlist, I want to give a shout out to listener Jeff Millman. I do have Sam Cook's uh, "Change Is Going to Come," and uh, also. Changes by David Bowie. He he asked for both. They're both on the playlist. I don't know how much we're going to get to, but when we do the all music edition, I'll give him a shout out 
uh, as well again, because even though it was on the playlist, that's what he wanted to hear. And we're grateful for all of our listeners and all of our supporters of the arts, including all of those who go check out the 2022 juried exhibition, 50 Reasons Why Your Take on the East End, both galleries right in downtown Riverhead, eastendarts.org for more information. Franklin, an honor to have you in our studio with us. Will you be back? I would love to. This is great fun. You know, nothing pleases me more than to be on the air talking in this manner. So uh, the difficult thing is to stop because it's so much fun. And Jana, you're such a terrific interviewer. It's always so easy. And this place is just a delight. And the listeners here are great. The whole organization is fabulous. It's hugely, hugely essential. And thank you. In case you were wondering, guys, flattery really does get you everywhere. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Franklin Hill Perel. This is uh, Pete Mancini and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, the Hot Sights and Sounds segment underwritten by Sag Harbor Cinema, right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
This one's for you, Jeff. The Sam Cooke version of Change is Gonna Come on WLIWFM and PR Radio. It's been too hard living 
to die Cause I don't know what's up there Beyond the sky It's been a long A long time coming But I know A change gonna come Oh, yes it will Keep telling me don't hang around It's been a long, a long time coming But I know a change gonna come Oh, yes it will Then I go to my brother Say, brother, help me, please. But he winds up knocking me back down on my knees. Oh, there have been times. Holding back a lot of tracks from the all-music change edition of The Heart that will be coming to you. We are going to do one uh, one morning. If there is a change track you love, a track with the word change, uh, changes, or changed are the three ones I'm going to, although I am going to throw the changeling from the doors in that version. Uh, give us a call, 631-591-7006. Make a uh, request on the voicemail line there for when we do that show. I will lead you into the NPR news break with David Bowie's changes, another one of requests by Mr. Millman. But uh, first, the wind and the wave. People don't think people change from the human beings let you down record of 2018. Uh, I will say, though, uh, this show in particular, uh, I'm never really let down by the human beings that I interview uh, here on the heart, and I do want to thank those who joined us in the NPR uh, or the WLIWFM Studio Fifty One uh, Studio this morning. Um, Betsy Legi, Amanda Giuliano, and Franklin Hill Perel. All of our guests were in person this morning, and it was fantastic. Deep bow to all three of you, as well as our underwriters, Village of Overhead Doors and Sag Harbor Cinema. I'm Gianna Volpe, the humble host of The Heart of the East End, the weekday midnight and morning show on Long Island's only local NPR radio station uh, that happens because of you, the listener supporter of Long Island's only local NPR radio station, 
WLIWFM. People don't think People change And I cannot make you love The sound of the rain To each his own man Each one his own plan Gone right down the drain 